From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a joy to welcome you today. It's the midweek, and uh, we're moving right along here and just having a good time every time we get together here. And uh, the first couple of days this week, we've been talking about the faith factor. There are some things the Bible tells us about that are so germane to the message of the Christian faith that it's just a powerful part of it, and faith is obviously right at the top of the list of things that we have to consider very, very seriously. So we're looking at that, and we'll look to 1 Timothy once again today because we're noting these places in 1 Timothy where the word faith, faithful, and believers, all of which are based off of the same basic word, and it just tells us something that we need to pay attention to very much so. Let me remind you that we have a wonderful website at Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries, and we hope you'll go there and check us out, and you want to know a lot of things about us, and that website will provide that, and there's lots of interesting things there for you. It's simply at swordofthelord.com. Check it out real soon. We'll be glad that you did. Now, we're going to look today at 1 Timothy and remembering that the basis around which we're building this study on the faith factor is found in chapter 4 and verse 6, where the Bible says to young Timothy, the younger protege of the Apostle Paul, he's telling him, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. So we're going to look today at some more of these instances of the word faith as it appears here in 1 Timothy, starting in chapter 4 and verse 1, where he says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And uh, there's really a strong statement here about how the enemies of faith creep in, as uh, the little book of Jude tells us, that they come in and kind of sneak into the equation. They get into the church sometimes, and they do so uh, under false pretenses. They come in saying, oh yes, I'm saved, when they really have not been. Or they come in with some kind of carnality that they're holding on to, that they're going to try to introduce. But whatever the case, they become enemies of truth. They become enemies of the faith, and they create havoc in the process. Now, chapter 5, verse 12 talks about some who are not sticking like they ought to stick. Chapter 6 and verse 21 here in 1 Timothy also talks about some who, as it says, departs from the faith. Now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about some folks who either get in without getting saved, or they get in and hold on to their carnalities, and the next thing you know, you say, well, where are they? Well, they've taken off with some cult, or they've taken off and created some strange new doctrine of their own. And uh, I read this morning a uh, story that somebody had written in which they said, you know, things have become so weird with so many 
religious groups that if you went to a major city and uh, just decided that you were going to make some splash about some brand new weird thing that nobody had ever heard of, and if you had publicized it a little bit and get you some kind of a meeting place, the fact is there would be people come to it just because of the weird nature of it. I mean, it's just something that's happening in our day, and the Bible says here that the enemies of faith, I mean, they're giving place to what's called seducing spirits. I mean, whenever you use that term, seducing, that's uh, not a positive term. That's a negative term. It's something that tells you something's going on here that should not go on. They're trying to talk you into something that you need to be talked out of. You need to head away from it. And it also goes on to say that it's doctrines of devils. That simply tells me that it has nothing to do with God, but it has everything to do with Satan himself, and it's the devils that uh, align themselves with Satan that are putting this together. They are just walking down the wrong trail, but they're trying to take other people with them. Now, you drop down in chapter 4 just a little further to verse number 12, and here we have the word faith again. This time it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Now, here again, it's just a different form of the faith word, and it's telling us that even young people can be a sterling example of what we ought to be seeing by those who have faith. Whenever we look at the matter of a person's testimony, sometimes we say, well, you know, they've had time to grow in their 10 years in the faith now, or they're 20 years a Christian, and we expect good things from them. But this passage is talking about young people. And I'm just telling you, if I'm talking to some young man or some young lady, you're 10 years of age, 12 years of age, 14, 16 years of age, there is no reason why you should not also be a good example of what it means to be a Christian. You can be something special for the Lord even when you are in your developing years, and uh, that's just laid out very clearly here in the Bible, and we can see that for what it says. Now, if you drop over into chapter 5 and verse 8, we have another statement here, and this one has to do with family and basically tells us that faith does affect the family. He says here, if any provide not for his own, and especially those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So somebody claiming to be a Christian. Let me tell you what, if you're a Christian and you're the head of your family, if you're the husband, the dad, I'm just telling you, you need to get up and go to work in the morning. You need to find a job that'll pay the bills and that'll buy groceries and that'll take care of your children and take care of your spouse. That's just the way this thing is laid out. We need to be the kind of person of such integrity, such character, and such drive that we will let our faith be lived out in the kind of a way the Lord says it ought to be. And in this case, he's just telling us, faith does impact the way we do family. And we ought to take care of our family. That's the way the Bible says it. Now, if you go on over into chapter 6 and verse 2, we enter into another situation here. This time, he's talking about masters, talking about those who have positions of authority in the marketplace. And uh, some people want to apply this to slavery. But honestly, I think it goes much further than that. It's talking about any time we're in the marketplace working for someone, working at a job. I mean, all of this applies very clearly. And he says that uh, we rather do them service 
because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit, and these things are to be taught and exhorted. He's just simply telling us that faith ought to also work in the marketplace. Drop down to verse 10 in chapter 6, and here he talks about how that money becomes a problem. He says, "...the love of money is the root of all evil, which some have coveted after." They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know, the problems that people have, sometimes uh, it doesn't take a long list of things to figure out what causes the big problems, the major problems. And money is one of the major culprits. Now, you say, well, what's the matter with a silver coin? What's the matter with a paper dollar? You know, those things can lay around all day long and never cause a problem. But when I pick it up or you pick it up and we lust for it in the kind of a way that we're willing to do about anything to earn that dollar, we're willing to do about anything to make sure that we get more than what we are getting. I mean, when that happens, that's the love of money. And the way we're using that word love here, I mean, we're talking about the lust for money, just an inordinate lust for money. And when that becomes the kind of driver that just takes over in our life, then that just tells me that we are missing the boat. And he says, some people have erred from the faith. Doesn't mean that they were not saved. It just means that they have messed up. It means they've become an embarrassment. It means that they have not followed the Lord as they ought to follow him. And they're letting money take over where it shouldn't be taking over. I've said here on this broadcast before, and I will say once again, it's one thing for you to possess something. It's something else for that something to possess you. And whenever you get money, you ought to use it. Use it wisely. Be a good steward of it. But at the same time, if you just become the person that everything relates to the next dollar you're going to make, you better watch it because you are misstepping and you're going to misstep very badly. The Bible lays that out here very, very clearly. If you drop down one more verse, the Bible says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, patience, meekness, etc. So what's it telling us? It says, follow faith. Follow after faith. You know, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That same 11th chapter of Hebrews also says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith is a very, very important commodity, and that's why here in chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, we're told to follow faith. Follow those who are in faith. Follow those who walk by faith. Just figure out what the way of faith is and go with that. Now, drop down to verse 12, talking about uh, chapter 6 again of 1 Timothy. Verse number 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Now, that's not talking about a war. It's not talking about us uh, going to battle with somebody. It's not that at all. But it is using that term of militants to talk to us about how we ought to be engaged in our faith and how we ought to be stirred up and excited about our faith. And we should be willing to go to the mat, as we say. I mean, we really need to be willing to go to bat every single time that we have to or we need to, to stand up for truth, stand up for what's right, stand up for the things that really, really do represent the faith 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, folks, there is so much to be said here. And these references, I think, what did we do? We counted 18 or 19 of them in the book of 1 Timothy that we've looked at these last three days. And what we've seen is that faith is a factor in the Christian way. And if you want to come to Christ, guess what? Faith brings you to the Savior. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. So when you and I put our faith, our trust in the crucified and risen Christ, we are then birthed into the family of God. Faith is the vehicle that enables us to get into the family of God. And if you're not saved, dear friend, please listen to me. You need not to rely upon your church membership. Don't count the fact that you got baptized sometime. It's not in those kinds of things that you come to the Savior. You come to the Savior by faith. You trust Him. Put your faith in Him. Make a definite, deliberate decision and tell Him so. And that's why you can be sure that you're saved. And not only that, but once we are saved, the Bible tells us that the just, talking about those who are saved, they walk by faith, they live by faith. And so faith is a huge commodity and something that we have to attend to every single day because it is the very essence of the Christian life and the Christian way. So yes, we talk about the faith factor. It is a big item, an important item, and one that we need to get nailed down for sure. And I'm delighted that I've had the privilege to be here with you today. And tomorrow we'll be back here, the Lord willing, and I trust that you'll join me at that time. We'll be doing something new tomorrow, so I hope you'll come back and we'll just walk through some other things that'll be a help to us. In the meantime, don't hesitate to write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.